0: Hello, and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast, brought to you by RTL today. My name's Tom Tutton, and that's right, we're back for our second series. Over the course of series one, we followed the broad outline of Luxembourg's history, starting all the way back with the Roman presence and Siegfried's founding of the castle in 963. We then looked at how Luxembourg evolved through the centuries to become the world's only surviving Grand Duchy, with plenty of episodes on the repeated invasions it suffered over the centuries all the way up to World War II. Now, in our second series, we're going to take a more thematic approach, looking at some of the most interesting stories in Luxembourg's history, alongside other episodes detailing the development of the modern Grand Duchy. Over the next few weeks, we'll delve into a number of varying topics, from Luxembourg's Olympic history to its female pioneers. It's going to be a wild ride, and I hope you'll be there with us. Today we're kicking things off with the first episode of a double header looking at the remarkable tale of the capture and mysterious death of the former Nazi Gauleiter of Luxembourg, Gustav Simon, in the winter of 1945. In this episode, we'll start off with the dramatic investigation that led to British Captain Hans Alexander's discovery of Simon near Paderborn in December 1945. As ever, thanks for listening and we hope you'll enjoy the podcast. So before we start off, a special mention for this episode must go to Thomas Harding, who provided documents, photographs and advice. Harding is the author of Hans and Rudolf, a gripping dual biography of Captain Alexander, his great-uncle, and Rudolf Huss, the commandant of Auschwitz, whom Alexander eventually arrested three months after capturing Simon. Now, as we have previously covered, Gustav Simon was the Gauleiter of the Moselle Land and chief of the civil administration of Luxembourg for the duration of the Nazi occupation from 1940 to 1944. He was the man responsible for the deportation of Luxembourg's Jewish community, the Nazification of Luxembourg, and the conscription of young Luxembourgers into the Wehrmacht. All in all, some of the ugliest and most tragic episodes in the Grand Duchy's history. Unsurprisingly then, Simon was loathed in the Grand Duchy, and like many Nazi leaders, he went into hiding in Germany after the end of the war. This made him a prime target for war crimes investigators, otherwise known as Nazi hunters, including a certain Captain Alexander. Born Hans Hermann Alexander in 1917, this young soldier was no ordinary British officer. He was in fact a Jewish refugee from Berlin, whose family had fled Nazi Germany in 1936 to settle in England. After initially being refused entry into the British army, he was eventually placed with the Auxiliary Military Pioneer Corps, along with his twin Paul and thousands of other German and Austrian exiles. A short-lived expedition to northern France followed in May 1940, where the unarmed Pioneer Corps, whose work principally consisted of manual labour, was almost captured before escaping back to England from the port of Saint-Malo. By 1945, however, Alexander's situation had improved dramatically. He had completed officer training in 1943, and at the war's end, he was recruited as an interpreter for the newly formed Number 1 War Crimes Investigation Team, headquartered at the liberated Belsen concentration camp. Horrified by the treatment of his fellow Jews and frustrated at the slow pace of proceedings against war criminals, Alexander began to conduct his own investigations in his spare time, impressing superiors with his ability and willingness to travel independently through the devastated ruins of occupied Germany on the hunt for hidden Nazis. When the British finally realised that they needed to commit resources to finding Hitler's escaped henchmen in the appropriately named Operation Haystack, it was therefore not long before they turned to Captain Alexander. In November 1945, the new leader of the British War Crimes Group, Captain A.G. Summerhall, sent a letter to Lieutenant Colonel T.H. Tilling, head of the War Crimes Investigation Team, with the subject line, Gauleiter Gustav Simon. It read, The Luxembourg government is much concerned that the above-named Gauleiter, formerly Chef der Zivilverwaltung in Luxembourg, whom they regard as major war criminal, has so far escaped arrest. A preliminary French investigation had suggested that Simon was hidden somewhere in the British occupation zone near Cologne, but had failed to locate him. The British Captain Summerhaw admitted that the clues as to Simon's whereabouts were somewhat meagre, but the Luxembourgish government was determined to find him. And so it was that Captain Alexander was tasked with the discovery and arrest of Gustave Simon. And Alexander wouldn't let the team down. So Alexander's first move on November 23, 1945, was to drive to Wiesbaden to speak to Judge Léon Hams, the Luxembourg representative at the War Crimes Commission, who gave him two photographs of Simon. From there, he returned to his base camp at Belsen, where he was delayed for six days by a massive snowstorm. On the 30th of November, Captain Hans Alexander now set out in earnest to find and capture the former Gauleiter of Luxembourg. Simon's last known address was in Koblenz, just up the Moselle from Luxembourg, from where he had ruled the Moselle land. Alexander arrived there on the morning of December 1st and was promptly informed by the local chief of police that his search was pointless as news of Simon's capture had been published in a Frankfurt newspaper. Hearing this, Alexander hurried to Frankfurt to find out more, but was informed that no such report had ever appeared. This was a stark reminder that not all sources of authority were to be trusted, and not everyone in defeated Germany had accepted the fall of the Third Reich. Before he could proceed, however, he had to make sure that Simon had not indeed been captured by American soldiers during the occupation of southwestern Germany. He thus drove down to Heidelberg to check in with the US Counterintelligence Corps, who confirmed that the Nazi was still on the run. Returning to Koblenz on December 3rd, Alexander visited Simon's former district police station, where he learned that the Gauleiter's ex-wife was named Friedel Henning, That they had divorced in 1942, and that their son, Gustav Adolf Simon, had been born in 1931. Friedel Henning's whereabouts were unknown, but Alexander obtained her parents' address in the small town of Hermeskeil, less than 50 kilometres from Luxembourg. According to Alexander's field report, Simon's former in laws were only too willing to assist him, and although they had not seen either their daughter or the Gauleiter in years, they were able to provide him with the address of Simon's mother in Friedewald. On December 4th, Alexander questioned an extremely hostile Mrs. Simon, who denied any knowledge of the locations of either her son or grandson. But Alexander's conversations with her neighbours revealed a different story. A local man informed Alexander that a boy with a rucksack, presumably young Gustave Adolphe Simon, was visiting Mrs. Simon late at night. That gauleiter Simon himself had passed through Friedewald the day before it was occupied in March 1945, and that Simon's nieces were now residing in nearby Marburg. The plot was now thickening. In Marburg, Alexander managed to locate Simon's two young nieces, Thea and Laura Scheideler. Under interrogation, one of them revealed that Simon's son had recently been living in a house in the village of Dassel near Hanover, and going by his mother's maiden name. The British investigators sped up there immediately, and were startled to learn that a rucksack belonging to a certain Gustav Henning had been found in a local wood, containing various documents, Wehrwalt resistance movement papers and a Hitler youth uniform. The address that Simon's niece had provided, however, was out of date. The boy had moved on months previously. Furious that he had been misled by false information, Alexander returned to Marburg on December 6th and threw the Scheidler sisters in prison, threatening to prosecute them for hiding a war criminal. These were tactics of pure intimidation, but they worked. Gustav Simon's niece, Law, now admitted that Simon's son was in fact residing with one of her relatives, Alvis Scheidler, in Plettenberg, Westphalia. Alexander now headed to Plettenberg on the 7th of December and searched the house in question, but was informed that young Simon was in fact living at a different address in the same town. Arriving there, he found a young boy in possession of an English ordnance map of Hanover, a criminal offence for which he was arrested. Under pressure, the boy revealed his true identity – Gustav Adolf Simon, the son of the former Gauleiter. This was a significant development, and while young Simon refused to give up any information on his father, claiming that he had not seen him for months, Alvis Scheidler was more willing to talk. She confirmed to Alexander that Simon had in fact visited his boy in Plettenberg on a number of occasions, staying in local hotels. Not only that, he had changed his look sporting grey hair and moustache and spectacles, and he was going by a name that sounded like Volta. Gustav Simon had gone deep underground, but Alexander was on his tail. Armed with this new information, on December the 8th, Alexander checked the registers of the two hotels in Plettenberg that Mrs. Scheidler had mentioned. At the Rudolf Harbour Hotel, Alexander found out that a certain Hans Woffler had stayed in both September and November 1945, giving a home address of Steinbeck-1-Schusterstrasse, and a date of birth of the 26th of September 1900. At the Hopper Hotel, meanwhile, Alexander spotted that a Heinrich Foffler with an identical date of birth had visited on November the 11th, stating that he was born in Frankfurt but lived in Einbeck. With proof of his father's visits in hand, Alexander now returned to confront young Gustav Adolf Simon in prison. The boy, faltering in his resolve, admitted that his father had indeed visited him, and that he was working as a nurseryman somewhere in the British zone. Looking over the hotel registers once more on December 10th, Alexander realised that the addresses Woffler had provided were muddled and incorrect. There was in fact no town by the name of Steinbeck in Germany, so Alexander decided to try Einbeck, a village just a few miles from Dassel, where young Simon's backpack had been discovered. The local police station had no record of any Wofflers in Einbeck, but it did contain a Schusterstrasse, the street name Woffler had given for the non-existent Steinbeck. And to his delight, at one Schusterstrasse, Alexander found a list of residents which included Hans Woffler. Even better, the landlady, Frau Blumenthal, was able to confirm that Woffler had lived with her until October, identified him as the man in Alexander's photos of Simon, and informed Alexander that he was now working in a nursery near Paderborn. Alexander was closing in. the evening of december 10th 1945 captain hans alexander drove to paderborn where the local mayor's office was able to confirm that a hans woffler had recently registered and was now living with a frau berhost in upsprunger 15 miles to the south enlisting the help of a paderborn police at 11 pm on december 10th 1945 alexander barged into the house in Uppsprunge, where he found a shockingly gray thin-looking old man with a mustache and glasses who claimed to have no knowledge of any Gustave Simon. Having been alerted to Simon's new look, Alexander knew that he had his man, and immediately checked him for suicide pills. After all, Heinrich Himmler had been able to escape justice by ingesting cyanide shortly after his capture, but the so-called Woffler continued to protest his innocence. His defence, however, was blown apart by the discovery of a winter coat bearing his real name and rank, Gustave Simon, Gauleiter of Luxembourg and the Moselle Land. The hunt was over, and Gustav Simon would be brought to justice. Simon was taken to a prison in Paderborn, where he was put on suicide watch. Alexander returned to Belsen having completed, in his calculation, around 2,500 miles on the road in just 17 days. He was delighted that he had proven himself and was warmly congratulated by his superiors. Having found the Nazi gauleiter, he asked if he could now transport the man back to Luxembourg himself. His boss allegedly replied, he's your fish, you can fry him. But little did he know, the story was far from over. And as we'll see next time, Captain Hans Alexander's role in the death of Gauleiter Gustav Simon remains highly controversial in the Grand Duchy to this day. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. Special thanks to Thomas Harding for this episode. Script adaptation and hosting by Thomas Tutton. Brought to you by RTL Today.